The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to a special post-mortem edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, December 15th, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. In this post-mortem, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the first half of the fifth season of the Hits ABC series. We're also going to deliver directly to you the biggest news regarding Once Upon a Time. And for old time's sake, we will warn you with a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Please welcome my co-host to our post-mortem broadcast, Katie Cat. Hello, guys. I'm so excited to talk with you tonight. Ava Stark. Hey, everyone. It was very subdued. Ashley Michelle. Hello, guys. And joining us tonight, a voice that will be our newest cast member when we return in the spring, Priscilla. Nice to meet y'all. Hey, guys. Tonight, we're going to be doing something a little different, listeners. We're going to be discussing Season 5A as a whole. So we're going to break down the season by going through each character's storyline, as well as the overarching storyline of the first half of Season 5 of, of course, Once Upon a Time. So we're going to kick things off with uh, the main character of the show, Emma Swan, and of course, her boo, Killian Jones. So yes, we're going to be talking about Captain Swan. And they went through a lot this season. We started off the season with Emma becoming the Dark One. We saw her adventure in Camelot and everything that happened in present day Storybrooke. And eventually, Killian Jones, Captain Hook, ended up becoming a Dark One as well. So we have uh, Emma's number one fan on here tonight katie can you share with us your thoughts on captain swan for season 5a of course i can um so i of course like you said am a huge captain swan fan especially emma um i really like them this season there are some um parts where i was kind of you know frustrated um namely in the second to last episode of this arc where you know they were kind of at odds against each other that was very very hard to see um but i love you don't like romantic angst (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's so much angst um but i loved how in the end he ultimately sacrificed himself to protect her and not only her but her entire family and that was such a strong um show of how much they love each other and um 
it was shown throughout this entire half of the season. Um, it was hard to see. It was well. It wasn't hard to see. It was. It was hard, but it was very interesting as well to see Killian's reaction to Emma becoming the Dark One. Um, to see how he could react to the person he loved the most turning into the thing that he hated the most. That's such an interesting thing to deal with. Um, you know, he fought for so long against getting revenge against the Dark One and eventually gave that up. But now he's faced again with this thing that he hated for hundreds of years. Um, so that was very interesting to see kind of the conflict there and how they resolved it and dealt with it. Um, so yeah, I really liked them this first half of the season, and I liked how there was some angst for us. Um, it was hard to watch, but in the end, their love still won out, and Emma is willing to do whatever she can to save the man that she loves. Um, so that was very interesting. I just, I really liked them this half of the season. Did we like the I love you exchange? Which yes. one? There was a ton. Every so single many. one of them. <laughs> I, I will say, like, I don't know. I, I was a Captain Swan fan, and now, I don't know. It, maybe it was like, I hated his character the second half of it with him being the dark one. It's like, all of a sudden, he had liberty to be the biggest douchebag ever, whereas Emma... <laughs> spent all of her time being the dark one trying to like run around helping people in her like incorrect way and the only really bad thing that stuck was dopey being a tree which by the way they never fucking fixed <laughs> but like, that we know of like killian gets away with being like oh i'm gonna fuck over all of your family i'm gonna screw over all of storybook you know why because i'm mad like oh I, I hated that. And I also hated the like the costume design for both of them this time around because when he becomes the dark one, all he gets is a part to the side of the hair. And Emma Swan gets like dandruff head and oh, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> dandruff head. <laughs> Simply awful. irresistible. I thought I thought it was interesting to see how different people react to the darkness. Um, you know, you've got Rumpel who killed people right away. Then you've got Killian who basically did the same thing. And then you have Emma who has all this light magic in her, um, kind of fighting against it. She's really fighting against it. They kind of amped up in the promos that she was going to be super dark and, uh, but she really only did like one really bad thing. Otherwise she was fighting against it, which was, I thought it was super interesting to kind of see how each individual person reacts differently to when the darkness comes inside them, who has more willpower and who gives in to their selfish desires and who they once were so quickly. Um, so I thought that was Maybe interesting to see. I just felt like with Killian... When he turned dark, I wanted to see more of him turning dark. Like, it was just so sudden. Like, they focused so long on developing the story. And, like, in one episode, they showed him becoming dark and, like, turning dark so fast. I kind of wanted them to maybe give him, like, one or one or two more episodes to, uh, to develop that a little bit more. But it, it was ridiculously abrupt. Like... 
maybe mm-hmm. I would have I would have empathized with him a little bit more had it not just been that one episode where he, where he I am the dark one. I hate him. you. Exactly. Yeah. Like it was. It, it didn't make any sense, especially when Emma tried so hard to be like good, and Rumpelstiltskin tried his hardest to be good for his son. Like it, it just it made no sense. I liked like, you five minutes ago. Now you will suffer. Exactly. <laughs> yes. They needed more time to develop it, I thought, for sure. I absolutely agree. You know what I'm remembering right now? Remember that weird preview that we got over the summer? I believe it was at Comic Con where we had oh, Emma. Yes, where we had Emma in uh, Rumpelstiltskin's cell, and then uh, someone from the Enchanted Forest addresses Enchanted Forest like uh, comes in and to like feed her, and then uh, that person gets their heart crushed by Emma. We never saw that in the show. We never really saw Emma getting all you know dark one fierce or anything like that. I'm assuming that that preview was just shown to like tease that she's the dark one yeah. and what we can expect because obviously that's it's not canon or anything to the series they mentioned that in comic-con yeah but it was still yeah, just that it wasn't for the show it was still it was weird though it was still weird emma just became sad. the emo daughter yes <laughs> <laughs> okay Ava. it's true <laughs> yeah, I really I w- wanted them to do that because I thought it was like super interesting. She did such a good job in that little promo there, and then I don't know. They didn't. It's like she did all of her research dark. for t- to do that promo, and then they gave her nothing like to complete it. I I totally thought they were gonna go like that Swan Lake Odette Odile sort of dynamic, and they yeah. didn't. Wah yeah. wah. <laughs> Sad stuff happened. <laughs> Although, I, I must admit, like, Emma fighting the entire time, and that one moment where she's like, I don't need you to, like, to give me meaning, or something along those lines, where she's, like, battling Nimue, it's one of the most amazing moments I've seen, like, from Emma yet. I like it when she's a fighter. I like it when... Oh, yeah, when she was like, I am not nothing. Killing. Yeah. Stupid when all this yeah. shit is happening, and she's still like, you know what? No. Sometimes yeah. you just have to get back up. Like that. Yeah, was... that was like. Yeah. Sorry, interrupted you. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that was like super important to me. You look at um, her in season one and how you know down she was on herself, and she didn't think she had any importance. She was just this orphan who was left and still looking for a family that she didn't think she would ever find. And now she's saying, you know, I'm not nothing. I was never nothing. You know, I have an important role. That's so important to see just the comparison of how much she's grown since the first season. Um, that was a, one of my most favorite moments from this entire season. So... Or this this half of the season, I should say. Yeah. Ash, I know that you're a big Emma fan. What are your thoughts? I'm, like, living vicariously through Katie right now. Oh, my. <laughs> Don't we all wish we um. could live vicariously through Katie? <laughs> oh, you really mm-hmm. do not. <laughs> uh, just, I totally agree with the Emma scene um, fighting Nimue that I think out of all of the season... Emma's biggest moment for herself was that moment. Out of every other time that we've seen Emma really define who she is, this is the strongest point. This is where she does not waver in any way. 
where she knows that she has always been worth something and it's not worth it for her to think anything else. I do think that they were a little sloppy with her story this season, that like it wasn't as well developed as the rest of the seasons, as um, a little bit rushed a lot, but they set her up really well for the end of the season, I think, by the time that they got there. I would have actually uh, liked last season, well, the last episode to be her taking on Hell. I I don't know. I think... I felt the same way. Like, with the way that they set everything up, with Killian being... um, With him not doing a long con, and it being what he originally planned to do, then I believe that they should have put Emma in his situation instead of killing him off. Mm Mm-hmm. Then again, they really have a hard time on this on the show, like continuing stories and finishing them in the proper way. I think like they keep injecting so many new characters and injecting like so many new like mini arcs and stories and impetuses for other characters that you never really get to finish off like Emma's story or Killian's story. Well, although we got a hint at Killian's backstory this this season, and I loved it. Like ah yes. I, I think I was Killian. like the, I was the only person because I I, I watched it with a group of friends and I was the only one who was just kind of like no he's gonna kill him just just wait just watch like it's Captain Hook like he's going to kill his father and yup he did it there <laughs> there was there's a point where he's where he turns into an asshole and you completely see it and I don't know maybe it's that I rewatched like the second season and you don't realize exactly how much like he's charismatic but he's also going to kill you unless like you rewatch that and watch like season 5 again so so does that mean that the only reason he was playing nice was because of Emma then i mean as soon as he turned into dark one he just became the asshole again that they showed us in the flashback i think he, i i think um charming had it best in the island when he says you're not doing this for any sort of like noble cause you're doing this for Emma but really does it have to be a noble a noble cause and isn't it a noble cause in itself to be falling in love and to try and turn a new leaf and become a better person in that instance I liked the fact that he kept changing I liked the fact that he was fighting I liked the fact that they went to Camelot and he trusted her enough to make her own decisions as to whether or not she's going to be the dark one what I didn't like was them just retconning the entire thing and turning, like, when he's a dark one, not even struggling. Like, that was annoying. That deserved more than, like, half of an episode to happen. I had faith in Killian. I don't think I have faith in him anymore. He's disappointed me a lot. I have faith in Emma, oh. though. <laughs> Ava, I know that you're not the biggest Captain Swan fan, but what were your thoughts on both of them this first half of the season? Uh, general thoughts, just, I like Emma as a character, but uh, this whole thing, like, how they promoted it in Comic-Con, how she is going to be this dangerous dark one, since she will be partial light and dark, how is she gonna fight that? It's like none of that happened, so... It was disappointing, and then the, the way they promoted it, they said that Emma... This journey is Emma's, and she will struggle 
kind of like face her demons and those would be like the, the abandonment issues with her parents kind of like I thought she would she would have more of a foe with her parents than than anything else. So that was kind of disappointing. I I wish they had Emma more as a dark character than just a character who was trying to get her her boyfriend live. It wasn't even about her. It was all about him. Um, as far as Hook goes, he. I don't know, to be honest, he is just just there for me. He's not my favorite character, nor I hate him. I, I enjoy seeing him on my screen because he's weird. I don't know. Uh, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I was okay, I guess. I don't know. It was the... This, it seemed like the writers do love these characters. They will do anything to give them more, as Katie, or you would say, angst. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> to build up their relationship, but I I'm seriously like, okay, it's television. They have to have <laughs> drama, because it's not television if there is no drama. Ain't that the Inject truth? Another character, then. <laughs> I don't know. I prefer love triangles to entanglements like this. We'll be Ooh, talking Emma, about a love triangle in just a moment. Don't worry, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> I liked Emma this first half of the season. It was great to see that they didn't fully corrupt the character because I was very much worried at the start of the season that they really were gonna make her like full-on dark one and I was like, I can't see the hero of the series, the main character of this series, doing bad stuff. Which I'm glad that she had uh, her reasons for doing maybe slightly not good stuff. You know, turning Dopey into a tree isn't necessarily bad bad, but it isn't obviously good. But it makes sense why it happened, and to be quite honest, it really wasn't even her doing. You know, I think a lot of people assumed it was her, but at the end we saw that it was because of uh, Killian and Nimue when they teamed up and created the new curse. So, I guess we can, we can uh, take Emma's name off of that uh, as well. But, uh, I don't know, I enjoyed seeing her character growth and development because as much of you have said that scene with Nimue where she's like you know you're nothing this that, and she's like I'm not nothing that was uh, a lot for Emma to say and to feel you know because she was the lost girl for the majority of uh, the series and it's great to see her with this strength and power in her and really accepting herself and uh, you know accepting her past and you know figuring out that the past has molded her into the person that she is now as far as hook it was great to see him being very supportive and wanting to help emma out for the majority of the season and then i think we all agree he turned into a dark one in the span of like five seconds and or he was always the dark one but once he found out that he was the dark one he completely switched in like five oh, seconds I love you. I hate you now. You will pay. Like, I still don't get that. It would have been nice if they would have showed a little bit more of a progression in him. Like, seeing the darkness, like, slowly start or to take him. over. 
or hints to the audience that not everything is completely right with Killian. Exactly. Like, like, showing him, like, maybe he's not sleeping. Maybe this is happening here. Maybe that's happening there. It was uh, very sudden. It was in the exact same scene. He was like, oh, I'm the dark one? I hate you now. What I liked... I, I'm just gonna like edit. You you mentioned a lot about like the characters' pasts, the casting of like young young Emma, and the casting of like young Killian with Liam again. Like I liked that. I liked again seeing Emma as the lost girl, and her interaction with Merlin was adorable, and Killian too. Like seeing him with his father and with Liam. Seeing seeing characters' pasts and how they like interweave and how like kind of similar they are like makes me feel happy. It gives me hope for the couple. Yay! Well, you gotta love hope. This is a show full <laughs> of hope. Speaking of hope and hoping that this trio can somehow get it right, let's move into Outlaw Queen, the coupling of Regina Mills and Robin Hood, and in parentheses after that, and Zelina. <laughs> so let's talk about these three characters and what went on this season for the trio, this first half of the season. So Priscilla, what did you think of our homegirl Regina this season as well as Robin and because she's a part of this Zelina? Give me more Zelina anytime. Like every time she gets on screen, she eats it up. Like she's very good at turning things her own way whether it be talking to the dark one and eating onion rings and just being like no i killed your boyfriend i'm still not helping you or naming her baby pistachio and demanding that it comes back to her or like the only like line that i didn't like about her was like once you go green you never go queen i'm like oh really like <laughs> that was one of the like I get that she's really envious, and I get that that's, like, a core of her character. But it's really annoying to me referencing that moment between her and Robin, because I don't think... I don't know, I, I really don't think it's a love triangle. I think she's just doing it to piss off her sister and doesn't give a crap about the man who smells like forest. Like... <laughs> Hashtag smells like forest. <laughs> Although, like... Although there, there were a couple of like going to the si to side note, like Regina and Robin had, I don't know, really cute moments. Like when they were learning how to dance by watching Emma and Hook dance, or um, I don't know, like that. Really, that's the only thing I can. Or when Robin is protecting her, almost dies, and she has to she has to beg Emma, like please do something for him. She could have demanded it, but she didn't. Although, that completely switches when she demands that Emma figure out, like, why she can't, like, turn on the fire. And later, when she's, com when she's completely being, for lack of better terms, like, a bitch to Emma, and like, you're the dark one now, get out. Like, it, it makes no sense to me because for such a long time, she was an evil queen. And the show is a lot about redemption. And she gives her no chance to do that. Like, it's the exact... This season was a lot of opposites and not really making sense to the character. I love Regina. She's one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character, like, most seasons. This was not, like, my favorite for her. 
It's just she just wants... Because she still blames Regina for taking away her happiness, which absolutely doesn't make sense because her mom basically chose to give her up. Uh, but that's just Zelina, who just loves to hate everyone. That just reminded me of the scene with Zelina and, and Snow. That was epic. Snow trusting her and like, we'll, we'll give you pregnancy tips. And no, I completely agree. And then knocking her out and having like been with Arthur the entire time. Like her plotting and scheming is epic. Like she handled <laughs> Rumple before. And right now she's handling like everyone. She, she has all the cards stacked against her. And she kind of has to play both the light and the dark side. She's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> about Regina I think this season didn't give her well this first half a season didn't give her enough time I don't know we didn't see her a lot um, but seeing her relationship with Emma was was awesome because it shows how these two characters uh, progressed since day one um, the trust between these two characters is just awesome. And I, I love how Regina always kind of like is that. Well, Emma is kind of like, well, if anything goes wrong, you have the right to, I guess, stop. Because she's the only one who can. As opposed to her mom and dad. Uh, I don't know. I, I wish we'd seen more Regina. Yeah, completely um, agree. We didn't see very much of Robin, actually. At like, all. Like, we saw him during the dance dying. And <laughs> that he had his adventure with the big boob fury. That's true. That involves dying. <laughs> we, like, we loved uh, the big boob fury. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I, it makes me kind of wish that Zelina would be going, like, to hell with them. <laughs> Just because Zelina, go to hell. No, just because maybe she'd see Cora there, and maybe like this whole stupid triangle thing would blow yes. the fuck up. Like it'd be done. Yes, yes. I wish that Zelina would have gone down to meet Cora so bad, because then this immature, like, I don't know what to really call it, like this whole um farce that she has going on with Regina and Robin now that that baby's born like especially nearing the end of the season the half season and you see that they agreed that okay well we won't be a family but we can at least raise this child together like we can work together on this this is both your child and my child and it's not healthy for this child to still grow up with one parent and Zelina agrees and then the next scene that we see them in you know what? I changed my mind. Screw you. I'm taking my child to Oz. Like, you have the chance to really work things out. Things could be great between Zelina, Regina, and Robin eventually. The kid would be healthy, and she would have the protection of everyone there. But Zelina just has it stuck in her mind that she cannot ever work with other people. And it's kind of sad to see her still fighting against Regina, even though Regina's finally turning around and saying, trying to help her. Mm -hmm. And Zelina just needs to grow up and 
most I would have thought that the best way to do that was to meet her mother and realize well I was not missing much or during the Camelot arc kind of have Regina be more sympathetic towards Zelina and slowly but surely like have that relationship come together like but then we never would have seen like the awesome like Zelina like going up against Merlin like scene like that that I I see why the writers did what they did, but I can't help but feel the same way you do, Ashley, that I wish this was over. Yeah, they had that really nice moment that I enjoyed so much at the hospital where Regina was like, we got to stop doing this. And she was like, I don't think I can or something like that. And I was like, this might be a step in the right direction. And then we had the whole paternity, not paternity, um, what do you call it, um... The whole custody thing happening, you know, where they took her to see the baby and like she had that little moment with the baby. And I was like, maybe this is a turn in the right direction. And then, bam, you know, it it ended up not going in that direction. I don't know if her seeing Korra right now in the underworld would help. Because I have a feeling that the Korra that we're going to see is a very different Korra. Because she died with her heart inside her, and that brief moment before she died, where she was smiling and she had all that warmth in her, you know, she was embracing Regina, and it seemed as if she's a changed woman when she has her heart in her. So I don't know if that would help the situation, because, uh, like, the. It would help if, like, she's the same evil woman, because then she'd be like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, she wasn't all that, she, it was cracked out to be anyway. I don't know if they're keeping Wonderland canon, but she was really, like, nice. Or canon. Worked, yeah, canon, sorry. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) They, they They worked it really well between her and Anastasia, seeing, like, you're the daughter that I, that I never got, because she's... I don't know, she fights for things and she's had to claw her way up from nothing. And that's what Zelina is. So it would have been nice to have some like mother-daughter dynamic there. Yeah. Considering Zelina probably is more like the daughter she wanted than Regina is. Yeah. I don't know if Wonderland is canon anymore. We need to figure Uh out where it would go to make sense because we have Will stuff that doesn't make sense because of Wonderland and I don't know. Katie, it's it's solved. too much of a headache to think about, isn't it, Katie? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I will say about Regina, because I love Regina. I feel like this season was a good season for her to grow a bit more as a character. It was great to see her like really bonding a lot more with Emma and being a very supportive friend to Emma in her time of need in uh, Camelot. And then obviously things were a bit different in present day Storybook because they saw her as the enemy. And it was great to see, you know, the whole Miss Wan thing come back because that was so, you know, throwback to season one. Yes. yes. I love and then she was like, oh, so we're back to Miss Wan again. It was like, yeah, until you wake the <laughs> frick up. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes, uh, actually, as well. Yeah. Because, like I said, it shows that balance between these two characters since day one. Zelina is fantastic. Uh, Everything that Priscilla said about Zelina is true. Whenever we see Rebecca Mater Bex in a scene, she just lights up the whole scene. I mean, she's phenomenal to see. She's batshit crazy. And it's great to see a villain that's batshit crazy. Uh, Rest in peace, Corella Deville. Corella. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I yeah. do hope that they start to do something with her where she's a little bit more redeeming in nature. Like, we need this little glimmer of the start of a redemption arc, especially if they're going to keep her around and have her interact with everyone. She needs to slowly start turning. What I do like about what they've done with Zelina is they've actually included her in storylines. There are times where they make these secondary and tertiary characters into series regulars, and they don't really use them. Remember, Katie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Will. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, you don't even talk about Will. Roby. <laughs> And others. So it's great that they are actually including her in storylines. And as far as the third character, Robin Hood, I still have the same issue with him that I had when we did our post-mortem at the end of season four. He's basically a purse. He's an accessory. They aren't doing anything with him. He nearly died, then the big boobed fury appeared and nearly dragged him to hell, and then they saved him... And that's pretty much it. Like, they need to do something with Robin Hood. Because as of right now, and as of the spring, when I said it the first time, he's nothing more than a purse. He's an accessory for Regina. And it's sad, because he's Robin Hood, and he should be such a strong character, and they should include him in the storylines a lot more. And sure, he's there, but he's not really doing anything, unfortunately. I expected that to happen when uh, Hook was like, you never, you never lose who you really are. I need a thief. I was hoping for an arc where he, like, he really shines or comes out. And no, he didn't. Like, it was just like a quick, like, it, 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 it happened moment. Yeah. They need to do something with Robin Hood. They need something to happen with him where he's involved more in the storyline. If not, he's got the bell syndrome which we'll be discussing in a moment so let's not talk about bell right now because I, I know we all have feelings about bell and what they're doing or not doing with her but so any other thoughts on outlaw queen plus zelina just well not outlaw queen plus zelina just a regina moment that i remembered that i've been waiting for for such a long time when emma like locks her out of the house and she's just kind of like then get off your ass and do it like do what you're supposed to do like stop asking me for things like oh i've been waiting for that forever i've been waiting for a repercussion to come to regina i've been waiting for someone at least to come out and say hey you've been doing wrong stuff get off your ass and fix it yourself like and to have Regina just kind of like pluck up and do it like that was one of my favorite parts of, of this bit where she gets challenged and she does it like she was her like the savior again. So Regina did better off alone, not with Robin and Zelina does better off alone without Robin. Robin needs to get his shit together. Something, oh, poor something Robin. needs to happen. Wow. Another Regina scene that I loved is when she went into the mayor's office and Zelina's there. It was the, the pistachio moment where she was like, you know, oh, you've got the wand. Well, it's not like you can do anything with it. I was the one that used it. And then all of a sudden the wand lit up. And then she was like, that because I believe in myself, but most importantly, the whole town believes in me. Like, I was like, Finally, you know, after all yeah. this time, and after all the time of like, you know, all these other characters like, you know, 
bitching at her like uh like we're gonna trust you like you're evil you're the evil queen like finally that's starting to wear off and they're starting to see her as regina and her past isn't necessarily defining her which i like i mean obviously she's done a lot of shit like i'm a regina fan but i also understand that she's a mass murderer and she was a psychopath and she was doing all this stuff that was horrible back in the day but she's evolved so much since then and she's become basically a completely different character now <laughs> yep it's true she's completely different yeah. than from from when she first came out it's it's weird but i kind of see like bits of selena like in first and, uh, and second season where she's so jealous and so wanting to keep her kingdom as it is and keep power as it is like so Regina got her redemption arc, so I'm hoping the same applies here. Yeah. Although a little bit faster, because we've had Zelina for a while now. Come on. I hope so, too. So let's move into another set of characters, Rumbell, Mr. Gold, and Belle. We have Mr. Gold's number one fan here, <laughs> Ava Stark. Who, me? Yes, let's talk about your boo, oh, who you gave a hug to at a convention and everything, and autographs Hi. galore. Let's talk about Rumpelstiltskin and Belle. What did you think of them for season 5A? Um, let's talk about Rumpel first. I thought his character development was really good starting episode 3 or 4, I can't remember exactly. After he wakes up, um, even though we saw him for like a, a minute for the rest of the season, except for um, episode six, The Bear and the Bow, which was an awesome episode. It's like, I think, one of my favorite episodes, obviously, because I am I'm the fan of uh, Rumpel and Belle. But we truly saw the transition of this, this character, this town coward, becoming... Um, a uh, hero, I guess. Uh, he just needed to believe in, in himself and just believe in his love for Belle. So he took actions as a character that we've never seen before. Like when he w when he went and faced Merida as a Merida and as the bear to protect Belle. Uh, he went and faced Hook to finish the sword fight uh, despite knowing that Hook is the dark one who has upper hand in this because he has magic. Um, he acted in a way where it showed us that Rumpel as a character is a, is brave. Uh, he doesn't need magic, but what he truly needs is courage, honor, and love. It was nice. It was really nice to see. Mm -hmm. He him. says what he wants to say, and he lets the words <laughs> fall out. Happy. <laughs> right, Ash. No, we're not doing this. Honestly, let's do it. I wanted to see him be brave. Yes. Ah, <laughs> Ashley's like, I am so done with this. <laughs> I thought we could do it, but we couldn't do it, Poppy. Right? We couldn't do it's it. It's my last chance. <laughs> you have to wait three months. But yeah, like, like him as a character, it, it, we saw this transition of redemption for his character because we always seen him as the dark one. Uh... With Belle, I don't know. Like, I'm a fan of these two characters. 
I love them together. But we don't see Belle enough. They don't give her enough of a storyline. It's sad to say, but she's a purse. Yeah. She's she's an accessory, which is sad. Which is super sad. Unless she has her own excellent adventure and then she becomes fantastic for that episode. She's fantastic when she's a singular character, like when she's with Merida or when she's figuring out stuff within the book herself or like I feel whenever she's put up in like a rump uh, a rump L situation, she immediately wilts. Like she's not the same. Oh, character. I see what you did there, the enchanted rose. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I felt differently about the rump L arc with rumple but i I don't want to interrupt anything like i mean well now you can say i wasn't gonna say anything else besides saying Belle is our second robin hood i thought this (laughs) well she's the original technically (laughs) she's the original she's the og accessory (laughs) she spread it it was a disease oh no yeah but i don't know i don't know i I'm so, like, over it. Yeah. Will was an accessory at one point, too. Yeah. He was her purse. (laughs) He was her purse. That was so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's... Okay. I like Robert Gold. I like him being a bad guy. I mean, Robert Carlyle. Robert Gold? (laughs) Sorry, I Isn't love that he's Robert skills? Gold. Like they haven't, they haven't, they haven't said what like his first name, have they? No, maybe it okay. is Robert, Mister Robert Gold. Maybe. All right, Why not? Mr. Gold. Gold. I'm gonna say Gold. His first name is Mister in the yeah. in the uh, storybook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, but yeah, Car uh, Carlisle again is just kind of like Mater in that he chews up scenery. He's a really good actor, so like your eye just gets drawn to him. Every time he comes out in a scene, but like you kind of had to build that from the ground up now, considering he was a blank slate and a coward blank slate at that and didn't know how to be brave. <laughs> oh my. Priscilla. He was a blank slate baby and we got his name. But. <laughs> um, Did you like that one, Ash? It's different. <laughs> it's slightly better, but not much. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but um he he's more entertaining as a dark one I feel and he, I liked the fact though that he that we were slowly getting some character development something different from him he stopped being a scared wet blanket and kind of like plucked up his courage that whole scene with the teacup and the bear and saving bell was amazing and that scene the sword fighting, like, it, it made me root for Rumple in a way I haven't before, a- apart from maybe the Pan arc where he finally, like, faces his father and turns into a different being. But it's completely erased when he when, when they're like, you know what? No, I- I'd rather be the Dark One and have all the Dark One powers than completely nix every character development bit that we've had this entire season. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Why? See, here's the thing. I love what you said. You were like, you rooted for him that you have never done before. And I think that's fantastic for his character because uh, it shows uh, that this character is not 
He's a very slippery character. He can fit into any role, either the big bad or the good guy. And, and that's why he's he's a wonderful character and I can never, ever hate him for that. And it's just amazing. Him as a character. And, and the writers trying to do something with him, but they're not quite getting it right. Yeah. Yeah. He feels like the Grant Ward of this, where you keep giving him chances and he keeps fucking up, though. Mm-hmm. As for, like, him and, and Belle, oh, I felt so sad. Because Belle is awesome when she does her own arcs. Like, she's her scene with, like, Merida and her scenes learning more about, like, the book and, like, researching, like, she's really Mulan. good. But, yeah, she's really good by herself. She's a strong character. She's the bell of... When she was letting stuff go with the Frozen twins. Mm Mm-hmm. Let it go! (laughs) That's what happened. Yes. But then you have her... One of the strongest scenes that I was like, yes, I'm rooting for you so much now, is when Robert Robert Carlyle comes up to her uh, to Emile Ravine and is just kind of like, hey, now we can be together and now I've changed. And she's like, no, I need space. I need time. And, and that, that feels like more of a relationship that me, that feels more like equals, which is amazing. And then they but just, she just needed half an episode. Yes. And then they just erased that. And they were like, you know what? No, like you are takes- a hero. Cause yeah. you sent me away. And I love you for it now. Let's make babies. Like, oh, damn I it. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Yeah, I agree with you. I thought... See, I mentioned this on our show before. These two characters needed to be separated. Because it was a nice way for their relationship. But again, it showed as soon as he sent her away, he went back to darkness because he thought that's the only thing that will keep him alive. Um, it wasn't something that he was backstabbing his love for her or trying to lie again Which we don't know to th- tell her before he went to hell and he didn't want emma to tell her like that's that's true i'm tired like- of keeping secrets from bell that's like yes. so old yeah. now mm-hmm. like every season there's like a secret like a from bell curse. yes yeah. they Oof. keep on going back to that trope and it's tiring now instead of just gold keeping the secret everybody's keeping a secret from Belle. And it goes to the point to where I believe... Yeah, Priscilla was here for that episode. Where Remember that episode where Belle kind of disappears and she goes off with Merida? And, like, nobody was like, where's Belle? <laughs> yeah, because nobody cares about her. Nobody cares about Belle. Poor Belle. So she needs to, like... Belle needs a hug. Be like, fuck y'all. Y'all don't give yeah. a shit about me. I'm going to live with the nuns. She needs to be the dark one. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, oh my god. I would love to see that. Gives people paper cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Throws bookshelves on them. I will make you read War and Peace. <laughs> Takes the books in the library and puts them out of alphabetical order. <laughs> she bad. She would do the nerdiest things on earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is so evil and rearranging everything on people's shelves like you're never gonna know where everything is right she'd be so cute to the library i have unsubscribed (laughs) you from tv guide (laughs) i've canceled your 
Yeah, now when you don't get it in the mail, you'd be wondering what happened to my subscription, and then damn you'll it, think, Dark Bell. It was Bell. <laughs> Hashtag Dark Bell. Yes. <laughs> we will make it a thing. Yeah. Hmm. Again, <sighs> strong characters throughout the entire season, but they fumbled it at the end with. But I'm actually like the the one good thing about this entire arc, though, is. Rumpelstiltskin as the dark one is always really charismatic and always has like another like a trump card that you never thought of and yeah but it's so tiring I'm tired mm -hmm. of his trump cards like I just here's my opinion Rumpel was interesting this season when he was weak and they were trying to make him into a hero then they made him into a hero in like five seconds and all of a sudden he was like this big time hero and then uh, you know he ended up sucking up all the darkness and now he's like the biggest baddest dark one ever my whole thing is if they use this to finally jumpstart an official real redemption arc for rumple then i'll be happy because technically <laughs> well, i know for like the billionth time but if they can finally stick to it because right now he has a pure heart it's a clean heart. He is the Dark One once again. He could either go the Merlin route, or he, can, he could go the Nimue route. He could either go back to what he was doing before, aka the Nimue route, or he could actually be like Merlin. And maybe he will be the person that can both wield the light and the dark, and yada yada, kumbaya. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's his choice. If he goes back down the dark, route then they're never going to redeem this character and at the end they're just going to have to kill him or something which i'm hoping so actually well there you I go th i think that's what's going to happen because they did say that in underworld um a soul is for another soul that's how he is alive because neil gave his soul um so if if that happens then they can bring back hook but rumple has to die that's what oh, I feel. That would piss off so many people. Oh, oh yeah. my god. But Rumple didn't did Rumple go down with them? Yes. yes. Yeah. He was dragged there by Emma, who was just kinda like, I'm gonna tell on you if you don't come. Yes. He's like, <laughs> fine, bitch. Oh, oh god. Oh, Katie. Oh lord. <laughs> I'm just gonna quit the internet if that happens, okay? <laughs> oh yeah. They'll send you all these crazy asks. Katie. I heard on your show that Rumble's gonna die. <laughs> to save Hook. To save Hook. <laughs> and they're really the LGBT relationship. I... <laughs> oh my gosh, god. I'm done. I'm not Hashtag even. Hashtag save no. Rumble. <laughs> yes. Hashtag it... Captain Gold. Yes. Oh I agree. <laughs> oh my god, I'm done. Yes, so final thought on Run Bell for me. Let's Run? give Bell a storyline. That's all I'm yeah. saying. And I unfortunately, agree. they didn't drag her to hell, so she's not going to have a storyline. Her storyline is pregnancy. Yes, yes. And so if she bad. is pregnant and she has a baby, they need to name the baby Chip. Oh my God. <laughs> Look, it's Chip! To replace the cup. Wait, I'm having one is Chip much and one is Dale. Fuck yes. Please let it happen. <laughs> oh my god. Why not? It's once upon a time. It will happen. Watch. Yeah. So let's move into There's another couple. Morph into chipmunks when they're older. Oh wow. 
<laughs> so let's move into another set of characters. Snowing, Snow White, and Prince Charming. What did we think of them during Season 5A? Ash, give us your thoughts on Snowing. My favorite scene out of everything that they went through this um, season was where they are fighting in the sheriff's office saying that I wish that she would just talk to us and um, Snow and Charming finally have like an actual like marriage moment like our kid like we have this kid and we're finally like um, in a relationship deep with her and I don't know what to do like I we missed out on this I don't I don't know how to deal with this I, I don't know how to talk to my daughter and the dynamic between them I love and I love seeing them struggle as I hate to say struggle as like I don't want them to have a hard time but I like to see them actually trying angst um, parental angst parental <laughs> angst with Emma <laughs> and um then num a very strong number two is their little adventure with Arthur and tricking Arthur and reminding us all of what this TV show was built on. And that was the dynamic between Snow and Charming of them going off on adventures. and Or is how you would call them, Snarming and Cho. <laughs> I thought we forgot about that, but thank you for bringing that back. <laughs> that was the best. Oh. I like the characterization they gave Charming that I don't want to be the man who's known for just kissing a princess awake. Like, apart from... Because yes. I completely agree with you. Like, having them go back together and, like, seeing, like, kind of, like, season one struggles with them trying to be a couple was a great thing. But, like, them apart, like, for for some reason, like, the 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 line re that resonated me a with the most with Snow was just kind of like, I like the fact that we win, but every time we win, it means she loses. And like, you see Emma by herself. Like, I like them focusing on kind Aww. of a family dynamic. Although I wish Neil was there. Like, what the hell? No, like, speaking no. of like, biggest, like, no. Not oh, that. you mean the baby like, Neil. Baby Neil. Like, like he Poor is baby the biggest Neil. worst. Like they don't use him for anything. They're like, where is he? Oh, he's with someone's that? taking care of him. Granny, <laughs> Granny's with us. Of, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of is. disappointing because, like, we saw, you know, how Snow struggled so much with missing out on all of the moments um, with Emma gr growing up. You know, she missed out on seeing her walk her first steps, seeing her say her first words, and they're, you know. Missing out on a lot, apparently, with Neil as well. Because <laughs> they're just giving them to all these people. So, I don't know. I feel like I want to see them with him and not just being babysat yeah. <laughs> all the time. Which, I mean, That's isn't super gonna practical. going to make that money somehow. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, it's not super practical because, you know, it's not like a baby's going to be a good asset when you're trying to fight bad guys. Uh, but I don't know. I just feel like he's, they had a baby and granny is raising it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. It's weird. <laughs> I'll, like another thing that I really liked was, um, 
the whole Snow and Charming bit when they're going up against Merlin and they trick him, where they think, where, sorry, not Merlin, Arthur, because uh, Arthur believes that they might have the same sort of like marital issues that he does with Guinevere and no they're like nope we're, we're we're a strong couple and we tricked you and the sword is ours now like that was that was epic and then the magic dust happened and like erased that whole bit uh, uh, th- this this season was all about great beginnings for each one of the characters only to be stopped by something that retcons the entire thing like but if if I I also will say that whole charming like bromance thing with Arthur was annoying as hell too. Like that's terrible. Charming loves his bromances though. Like first it was like Hook, then for a really quick second, like a hot minute, it was like Robin, and now it's like Arthur. He really needs like male friends. He does. <laughs> and then and then charming at the scene where he was like, "Wait, you're Merlin." The way he's looking at Merlin, I'm like, "Charming, you have a wife. Chill." <laughs> <laughs> well, Hook had his Merlin moment as well. True. <laughs> he fangirled a little bit too, which was spectacular to see. Everyone was fangirling over Merlin. Let's yes. be honest. Ah, <laughs> uh, Merlin. <laughs> we'll be discussing him later. So any final thoughts on snowing? Because I don't really feel like they had that much to do this season. Although they were a little bit more involved. Which it was nice to see them actually involved and trying to help their daughter out. And that kind of thing. So it was great to see Snow and Charming be a little bit more present in like the main storyline. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. like one of the big things that I saw is kind of like a... a, a a bit to the past was actually when the first part of the season when they finally catch up with Emma and they have the dagger and I think it was charming that that wanted to command her to not break to, to not break the heart and uh, Hook intervenes and says no like it reminds me of the time when they were scared of Emma having magic at all like there there's some pretty good callbacks there and and just to, to, to be clear, also, like, the whole Snow Lancelot, like, dynamic was awesome, too. Like, I like callbacks to first season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like seeing Snow and Lancelot back together. Fantastic stuff. So, uh, let's continue on. And the last character that I want to discuss, it's one of the main characters is uh, our young Henry Mills, who's not that young anymore. He's uh, maturing into a teen. Cracked voice and all. <laughs> exactly. Falling in love all over again. Twice in one season. In one half season. Let's talk about Henry and what we thought of Henry's storyline and the character this first, this first half of uh, season five. I really liked him in this season. I mean, he didn't do too much, but he still was a little bit more of the forefront than he has been in a while. Um, I liked seeing him. I liked seeing his little, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, his little budding romance with Violet or whatever. You know, it was kind of fun to see. Um, 
something Hashtag out there. purple author. <laughs> yes. That was really cute. Um, it ended really badly, but... Uh, oh, well. <laughs> well, no. They might still I be guess, in, yeah, in love not... in Storybrook. This is true. Maybe. This is true. Because they haven't Hopefully. left, technically. We can cross our fingers. We can cross our fingers. I love how, uh, how, how he was struck down by the dad. She's supposed to be with a knight. I'm like, um... Dude, he's gonna be a prince. Like he has, like he's also like the son of Regina too. So he might actually be like king of a certain area. Plus, he's yeah. the author. What the hell are you talking about? This guy is like amazing <laughs> for your daughter. I know, for real. I love that he's the author too. I mean, they didn't focus too much on that, but um, you can. Didn't I'm trying to think back. Did we get scenes of him struggling with? Not, I mean, kind of breaking. Yeah, because uh, something he there was some conversation at some point where he was like, "Oh, if if I had the pen, would I have been able to fix it?" He asked somebody about it. Yeah, that's he right. It might have been. Was it Merlin? Back no, he wanted to write Neil back into the story. Oh, that's right. right. Okay. No, there was something else that happened no, after that because that was like in the finale. Like, Hook asked oh. him, "Hey, can you can you write like this all done?" And he's like, "Nope." I can't. I broke the thing. Too much power. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that scene was so funny because Henry's just like, like you said, nope, I can't. I broke it. <laughs> he doesn't even care. It's like, dude, your mom is the dark one. Like, no, no, it's okay. She can handle it. Yeah. But I love seeing him, like, struggle between, like, you know, we see him supportive of his mother, and then we see when he finds out that she... Uh, tore out Lily's heart or whatever. Um, he's very angry with her, so it's kind of like seeing two different conflicting emotions um, in this arc, which was interesting to see for me at least. I thought mm-hmm. it gave him a little bit more material to work with. <laughs> I loved the cap the Captain Cobra scene where they go in to try and infiltrate like the asylum, I guess, yeah. where where yeah. Zelina was kept, and I loved. Um, the callback to operations I don't remember what the operation was called when they went to go steal back the dream catchers when Henry finally like started getting a little bit more faith in his mother like yeah yeah like that that operation Operation Cobra part two or something like that the sequel yes I love that that was really cool so so Henry Henry got a really good like story like putting it all together like it wasn't too bad for him. Yeah. Got love, lost it, got it again. Yeah. Like, he hasn't had much material to work with in the past few seasons. So, it was really nice to kind of see him stepping up, or giving them stepping up to the plate and giving him some material to work with. Although nice. I think one of, the, one of the funniest bits, it's not supposed to be funny, but I was laughing, was that they're like, we need, we need tears. And she's like, wait, let me make my son cry. Yes, cry. We need tears. <laughs> let me put it in a bottle. She's like, the fuck, mom? <laughs> I need to keep this. Oh, my God. But I, I, It I was for the like, greater good. Yeah, they hated Emma so much for that, and he hated her. I'm like, dude. It's your first crush. Most people don't even fucking remember that. Like later on, like you don't really stay with your first love unless you're Snow and Charming, and because it's like one in a million sort of love. And we like, saved a dude that was in a tree. Yes, 
but he was so mad at her. It's like it's it's like she crushed the heart or something. She's like, I put it back. You got her back. Get over it, bitch. He was crying <laughs> over the popcorn that he dropped. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you still have my tears in a bottle, Mom? I don't know. Two of. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Regina even helped out too. She's like, "What are you doing? Collecting his tears?" Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> it'll work. It's yeah, that whole situation was so calm and chill. It's like, yeah, it's cool. Just get us here. Why not? It'll work. Oh my goodness. Let's move away from Henry and let's talk about some minor returning characters. So people like. The dwarves, Granny, characters that we've seen in the past, Ruby, Mulan, that have uh, returned for this first half of the season. Did any stand out? Were there any disappointments? Are we at all sad that poor Grumpy and the dwarves and Granny were like, Yes! We're in an adventure! We're here! We get to go to a dance, and then they disappear. And this is why we didn't bring you, because you always go into the background. <laughs> yes. You are amazing yeah. as background characters. <laughs> we are Beyonce. You all just stay in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, although, Mulan, yes! I got my Mulan back. Fuck yes! I was very happy about that. Especially, like, her being, like, kind of sort of a bandit and not giving a, a, like, a fuck about anything. Like, that, like, dark Mulan was epic. We love a good bandit. Yes. And her, like, teaching Merida to fight with honor. And when that Ruby mounted Mulan. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Wow. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> yes. Although, like, we knew that an LGBT relationship was going to happen. And there's still people, like, arguing, like, is it supposed to be her? Is it supposed to be Merida? We don't know. All I know is I don't care. It's Mulan getting a relationship that's not with... Someone that's already in a relationship. She needs to be happy. I love her. Yeah, she's amazing. And we finally got Ruby back. Although the the excuse to bring her back was funny. Yeah, I'm lonely. There's not wolves here. Can I go back now? Sure. Okay. It's gone the whole season. Well, that could have meant a bunch of different things. If we're reading into the whole LGBT relationship, that could have been that as well, in a sense. I mean, you could take it both ways. Her what do you mean? The when she was like, like you know, there's no one else like me here. Oh. Right. You could read into oh, it a little right. bit. Yeah. Nobody gay. Well, Snow was dumb. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> it's okay, honey. We understand. We understand. You can come out, you know, the next full moon. Oh! Oh. Good one. Oh. I love Granny. Everyone knows I love Granny. It was great to see Granny for a little bit. It's always nice to see Granny. The dwarves... I mean, the only real dwarf that speaks is Grumpy. And he didn't really do that much this season. Poor Grumpy. He just had, like, one screaming fit. Like, there's a twister outside. It's like, thanks, genius. We already knew that. And Dopey turned into a tree. 
Yay. Fantastic tree. He was a fantastic tree. You cannot say otherwise. <laughs> it's like those little kids, like, my, my kid is the one in the back. He's the tree. We love him. <laughs> <laughs> he did a fantastic <laughs> job, guys. Fantastic job. <sighs> but, like, did any other background? Oh, yes, Dr. Frankenstein. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> She's like, I hope I don't get thrown into a wall again. Probably get thrown into a wall. Oh my god. I love iZombie too. So like him coming out like with his like bleached hair, like from iZombie, and not even trying to change it. And they're like, what? It's a new look. Emma Swan gets to be like in, in blonde hair and I can't do it too. Like he was so sassy. Double standards, guys. He's never birthing <laughs> another child in that town. Never. Yeah. No. Uh, no, more that. no, we're gonna have like a bell baby, like Chip and Dale come out and, and he's gonna be like, fuck this. <laughs> I don't wanna be here. The child of the one? No. Oh. Doc will actually deliver this one. Yeah. I loved seeing the severe nurse, aka Nurse Ratched, and I loved seeing the uh, ever mopping, long haired, uh, uh, insane person in the asylum. Yeah. I, I, I want to know who Very much of a callback to season one. There's a, he's a callback to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, there's absolutely going to be nothing to him. Like, the same way with Nurse Ratched. I don't know. She was a stripper. Yes. A, a, yep. a stripper in the once <laughs> back in the enchanted In the court. tavern. In the tavern. A late wench. night. Ugh, she'd be a really ugly wench. Oh. <laughs> you don't know what she looked like when she was younger. Right? Yeah. Before we leave returning characters, Lancelot. Yeah. It was so great to see Lancelot again. It was like it was, yeah. and him not just being sad and just like, yeah, I had a love that was gone now. Like to see him happy, to see, and to see that it wasn't the regular dynamic where they fall in love and it's a secret, but where uh, they actively tried to fight their love because of their love for their king. Like that was really honorable. I liked that twist to the tale. Once Upon a Time is all about taking fairy tales and putting a new spin on them. So having Lancelot that way is cool. Also, this is just like my personal glee. It's like the fact that he's there and Snow's like, yeah, he's alive. Are you sure you weren't seeing things? Are you sure it wasn't a ghost? Because <laughs> we're pretty sure he died. <laughs> like, and, and there was a huge like fan theory for a while that, yeah, he's not there. He's a ghost. Like Snow's just talking to nobody. Like... Ah, uh, the fan theories around him were the best. Him coming out, like, it was, it was good. I, I, I liked Lancelot back. Yeah, it was amazing. I kind, of, I kind of hated how he, like, dropped off the face of the planet, though. Yeah, he, he did disappear for a little bit, but then he came back. And then, supposedly, he's now off chatting with his mom, the Lady of the Lake. I hope that that comes back in the future and he comes back and maybe we meet his mom because, you know, they alluded to her having all this power, magical mm -hmm. power. So hopefully that comes into the storyline at some point. I hope yeah. she's Morgan Le Fay. That would be nice. It'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. It would. 
So let's get into new characters. Brand new characters that debuted this storyline, this uh, first half of season 5A. So characters like all of the Camelodians, uh, characters <laughs> like Merida and her Dunbrock crew, as well as Merlin, who we saw for the first time uh, this first half of the season. You know, while you know, we, they had been alluded to him in previous seasons. And, uh, yeah, so all the Camelot people, Merlin, Merida's crew, uh, Nimue, etc. All the new characters. Did anyone stand out? Did anyone disappoint? Who did we love the most out of the newbies? Merida! Um, yeah, she was pretty cool. I love Merida. Um, <clears throat> yeah, she was really good. Amy Manson, she played Merida really beautifully. It, it was like really taking Merida from the movie. Yeah, I love that she got to say what she wanted to say, and she let the <laughs> words fall out. I'm done with you. <laughs> I got to see her be brave. Right? Oh I just got Literally. to see her. I got to see her. Ooh, ooh. See, I loved the oh bear and the bow episode because it, it was like a Rumbel episode and Merida episode, which was awesome seeing uh, Merida's brothers. Dunbrock. Um, Dunbrock, yes. And the princes, or whatever you yes. call them, like the um, other people from the clan. Freaking Macintosh is so freaking hot. Like, holy shit. You can't fall for the enemy, <laughs> Ava. I can't. Let's do that. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> and, and the witch was perfect. Yes. Holy shit, yes. It's like that whole mare of that thing. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, it's like they took her off screen. She looks exactly like the 3D, like wizened old lady. Like, and she acted all like, I don't know, like charming, but like still like the mysterious, like bad person. And also like, just as a, as an aside, she kept Ruby with her for at least more than a year as a wolf. That's kind of yeah. terrible. Like. Like, lo loving the fact that she's really charming, that she did everything to kind of, like, fulfill her part of her pact with the King of Dumbrock before. Like, that was cool. But, yeah, you, you were kind of a dick to Ruby. Kind of how she bites you or something. Give her rabies. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty and have much. Dr. Frankenstein come back in and try and immunize her. Fuck yes, please. <laughs> Oh my. Uh no. Um but the 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 new character Merida was good. Merida was awesome. Merlin was fantastic. Yes. I love Merlin. <sighs> Merlin. <laughs> Everyone's I just think... like, yes, Merlin. <sighs> Eye candy. There's a reason he came out with the chocolate bar at the very Oh beginning. shit. Like Oh my god. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> He is delicious. I love him. He was amazing. <laughs> he, he was, was really cool. Yep, and his sword was bigger than Arthur's. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> thank you, someone. Thank you. Uh, I like keep my mouth shut. Keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Although, oh, Arthur, worst character ever. Yeah. Like, 
and to a lesser extent Guinevere, but at least she has an excuse. She's got the sand in her eyes. (laughs) But this, this fucker, like, I'm so, I'm so mad because I was supposed to be the king and you gave me a broken sword. And even though I was a king this entire time, my sword is broken. This is not fair. You wanted me to be the chosen one. My favorite. was when Merlin was like you are a disappointment King Arthur of disappointments he he threw a tantrum the entire season and and, and he killed some dude with Agrabah poisoning which I hope means that Agrabah is coming into play at some point well we've seen the poison before and I hope that it does come into play I would love to see if Wonderland is still considered canon I would love Jafar on this show. Oh I think my God, he was Alice. a fantastic villain. Yes. And if, yes. like, what would be interesting, and whatever I've predicted in the past seems to somewhat come true, so it'd be funny if this comes true, it would be great to see one of the lesser characters, like, find the lamp and get seduced by the darkness of Genie Jafar. Or will finding the lamp at the beach since he, like since he was bur- digging for something like I would like Will to come back I would like Tafar to come back and I'd like Anastasia to come back I love um, Anastasia really Scarlet back huh you really want Will back yes well I, I just want them to wrap up the Anastasia stuff mm-hmm. I but liked Will as a character on Wonderland I do not approve of what they did with him on Once Upon a Time because he was hey. basically a purse. He made a side joke about someone's junk being, like, the size of his shit. Like, this pretty small ship. Like, oh, my God. That, that made the season for me. I was like, okay. I like you as character. Please be here more. Him being, like, the drunken character all the time, like, in the jail cell. Like, I don't know. Like, little small things that he did were epic. Whereas opposed to Robin, who doesn't come out at all. Like, at least he's a spangly, interesting purse. Like, I like looking at him. He's a sparkly purse. Yes. Whereas, I don't know, Robin is just kind of like a purse someone threw aside in Goodwill. and Poor Robin. Like this. <laughs> He's a merce. <laughs> yes. Poor Robin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nimue. Oh, <gasps> oh, yes. She is what I wanted Dark Swan to be. Like... That whole sense of evil just for the thrill of it. Just because she wants that much power. And the ability to like crush her true love's like heart. Because she still wants more power. The ability to like play everyone off of one another. That was great. I, ah, Nimue. I'm in awe of you. Well, so you sad. like her. I hated her. Why? Well, I just, I I understand everything that you just said. And, of course, that makes her an interesting character. But, ugh, like, really, Nimue? Like, I don't know. Like, is she... I don't know. Maybe because she killed Merlin, who I really expected to be, like, the all-powerful wizard, like Merlin. And I was like, really? He could just get killed like that? Like, that maybe is one of the things that made me annoyed by Nimue. I'm like, really? They're going to get rid of Merlin for Nimue? No, she's gone too. Well, basically, yes. 
So they're both gone. I think that the, the writer, you can't blame her. You can blame the writers for like not wanting both of these characters to be on for more than one more season. So just killing them both off. Like, yeah, the thing that disappointed me most about Merlin is how they built him up because they've been talking about him since like the season finale of season three if i'm not mistaken like they talked about him all last year the sorcerer the sorcerer oh this sorcerer and then he's finally there and he's in for like six episodes and then they kill him off to be fair he was a tree that is true it's <laughs> not he much you can do tree yes not much we you have- can do as a tree we have great trees this season guys yes and uh, the the middle mist they were pretty no I hated them. Okay. <laughs> I was just kind of like, we're we're gonna put pink roses, like, and we're not even everywhere bushes or something like that. We're just gonna cut long stem pink roses and just like stick them on the ground like daisies. <laughs> and Emma, you know what a pink rose is, and you're going and you're like, oh, it's the middle mist flower, so romantic. Don't be I hating know. on the leaf lady. <laughs> no hate. No hate, just celebrate. Yes. I, I like mm-hmm. I, I like all of her other stuff. The trees are amazing this season. It's just the middle miss flowers were so much like like somebody looking at the effort button and not wanting to push it. <laughs> they're so tired, that's why. Yes. I think they're still tired from making like jungles and other scenes, so they're like, you know, we're gonna take the easy way out. Just order a bunch of roses and we'll stick them everywhere. I wish we had an episode like that would have Dark One's backstories, like each Dark One. The ones that we know. Yeah, w- we saw one be weirdly some flaming boar, and we never got explained <laughs> why. Yeah, like that. Could you imagine Zoso stabbing that thing? Yes! <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, I would have I loved to see that. I would have loved to see some yeah. backstory here, like... No, get rid of the King Arthur plot and just put like some of like the whole like Dark One's like history and stuff like that. Like that would have been cool. Mm. I could do without burning mushrooms. I could do without car jousting. Like, and give me more of something with substance. Burning mushrooms. Aw. Yes, that that bugged the crap out of me. Well, on that note, let's talk about the overarching storyline for the season which was Camelot in the flashbacks and uh, Dark Swan in present day Storybrook USA. Any just general thoughts that uh, maybe we haven't gone through throughout the season about Camelot and uh, the Dark Swan storylines as a whole? What the fuck are they doing now? Like the Camelot people, did they just leave them there? Like they filmed a scene, because Katie discussed it in a spoiler section before, where they saw, like, they had Camel not Camelot, sorry, they had um, King Arthur, like, tied up, and uh, Merida was, like, uh, you know, pulling him. So, you know, and they were, like, departing from Storybrooke okay, back home. They, they needed that, because I'm just kind of like, so Guinevere still has dust in her eye? And you have, have, like, Arthur in a cell, which basically anyone can open, because you guys are leaving. Like, what? What happened to Camelot? Is is 
Merida's still gonna have to stay in Storybrooke and not actually run her like home of Dumbrock, which she spent most of the season trying to get. <laughs> like, yeah. I like they needed that to finish it off because I didn't know about that side like scene. So yeah, that's that's it. I, I in guess. interviews, Adam and Eddie have said that we will <laughs> see a wrap up at some point in the next half of the season. So hopefully they've keep that scene and it still makes sense because you know hopefully they don't say oh you know we just got rid of Nimue or something you know they're gonna have to say stuff like oh you know we're back from the underworld now you guys can leave or something like that or we have a captain swan wedding and we see everyone there and then they go home we 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 see arthur in hell with a with an arrow with hook with both hands (laughs) yes that is my dream that he comes back from the underworld with both hands then he wouldn't be Hook. But then he'd be Killian. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Captain Two Hands. Yeah. Captain Two Hands. <laughs> I want to see Davy Jones. There has to be a reason. Like, his name is Jones. Damn it. I need to see. For now. I, I, ho- I hope I see Liam. Yes. <laughs> yes. Katie might have some news for you. <gasps> Please. <laughs> Like, cough, 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 yes! Cough, cough. <laughs> okay. So, Camelot, Dark Swan, any final thoughts on uh, both storylines? I feel like they kind of dropped the Camelot thing, and it really frustrated me. Because I was super excited, like, when they were, like, promoing the whole arc. I was like, yes, Camelot! I'm so excited. I love Camelot. And, like, they dropped the ball majorly. Um, I understand because it kind of delves more into the dark one storyline, which was interesting as well. Cause I think it's, uh, something that we've all been wanting for a while, but it was just kind of this weird mixture between the two. And I kind of, I don't know. I was a little disappointed. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think so since cool they decided, Merlin was going to be the sorcerer. They like had to do Camelot stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is interesting. And I did like how they kind of interspersed some of the things. Like they did include Excalibur a lot, and they included. They obviously had the characters, and they talked about the Lady of the Lake and stuff like that, which was interesting. I liked how they interspersed stuff from the um sto- the original um yeah the Holy Grail and uh, yeah all that yeah. stuff. They used Once in Future King, like, the the series, though, as opposed to um, uh, uh, Sword in the Stone. Yeah. The movie. Yeah, which was actually interesting, um, because I feel like they've gone the Disney route so much with everything else um, that it was kind of different here, which was cool. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just have to say, like, one of my favorite Arthur scenes, and I didn't have, like, many at all, but one of them, my favorite scenes is when he finally finds Excalibur and Kay comes in out of nowhere to to take the sword and he turns into dust or whatever the hell the poof means. He's like, well, it's my turn. Shit. (laughs) No, Lancelot was like, it's your turn now. (laughs) Like, that was was one of my favorite Arthur moments. Like, the only favorite Arthur moment, actually, if I'm thinking about it. Oh, like, and that was, like, in the first episode. Exactly. 
Yeah, we back before we found out he was a psychopathic douche. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> They could have done so much. If they were going to use the Once and Future King, like, they have a lot of material to deal with, and it feels like they didn't really use enough of it. Like, they just focused on Merlin and Excalibur as items and as a person instead of creating an entire, like, a kingdom, a unit of people. They could have even used, like, someone else, like, for the the young knight that gets, like, killed as opposed to just, like, some no-name person. Like they, tr- they oh okay yeah the knights you mean at the ball yeah like they could have done it with anyone else and oh my god like my two favorite like Disney films are like B films like they're they're like the Sword in the Stone and like Hercules so to watch like him be like yes this is like the the siege perilous it's supposed like it used to have Lancelot I'm like oh my god you're killing my, my myths here you're killing my, my movie what what are you doing I'm dying here ah like I wish they would have had Mad Madam Mim yes please that, I in my mind like maybe. I invented this whole like storyline where like Merlin and Mad Madam Mim were in love and then, like, she went crazy, and then that's why she's a villain. But they didn't they didn't do it. Well, her being the dark one and being, like, fucking, like, silly. Like, the way Mad Madam Mim Like, she should have been the, the dark one, not Nimue. Like, Mad Madam Mim. I liked Nimue, but I would have loved Madam Mim. The marvelous, magnificent. Yeah, Madam they don't know what we're talking about, because none of them have seen it. Oh. But she's fantastic. Yes. <clears throat> Just sitting here pretty... <laughs> Disney B movies, watch them. You Love really them. need to. They're epic. But yeah, I don't know. I wish we would have seen more of Merlin. I feel like he could have added to the storyline a little bit more instead of being just stuck in a tree. And it's unfortunate that he, he had to die. I mean, I think it would have been neat to have seen either him or even Lancelot in Storybrooke. So it's unfortunate that they did uh, what they did to both of them. You know, Lancelot being sent off on his own little quest and Merlin being killed uh, to uh, cast the curse. So, yeah, so it, it kind of sucks, but I guess uh, it makes sense with what they're doing, and you can't really have that much of a powerful being like Merlin, I guess, on a show like this for too long. Yeah, he's a powerful character, which is why they wrote the author off, too, because... It just adds too much power to a certain character and makes it hard to write around. Yeah, but they love giving it to Rumple though. Yeah, because <laughs> he's bae. <laughs> exactly, that's why. Okay, so let's veer away from chatting about our characters' storylines, and it's time to bring back something that unfortunately we never got a chance to really do this first half of the season, just because of time constraints. Let's do the MVP of Season 5A. So the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most this first half of the season, and why. So we're going to limit everyone's time, let's say about 30 seconds, saying who your MVP is, and why and uh, listeners i've given them a rule you know once someone says a particular character it cannot be repeated so we can't have the same mvp you know like five times in a row so we're going to start off with the one and only katie 
my gosh. Okay, so I'm gonna be that rude. Oh person. gosh, she's You're like, like <laughs> she's uh, she's about to explode. <laughs> <laughs> she's been holding it in all episode, listeners. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be the rude person who takes like the main character. Okay, yes, uh, just uh, for the other uh, co-hosts, you can mention who your MVP was if it was stolen. Okay. So, okay. Katie, oh, continue wow. on. Okay, so, my MVP is Emma. I feel like it's always Emma. <gasps> I'm but shocked. It, shocker. <laughs> shocker. <laughs> but it really is Emma, because, um, well, I felt like I would have liked to have seen her arc be a little bit darker. I did like how she really fought against the darkness and turning into this dark one. And, um really embracing who she's become, um, especially in that scene that we talked about at the beginning of the show where she says, you know, I'm not nothing. I was never nothing. Um, it just, she's shown how far she has come and how far she's willing to go to save the people that she loves the most. So high fives to Emma. I really liked her this, especially this arc. So yay. There you go. Yes. Now, a warning for Katie. When we do this again for season 5B, Katie's going to go last. So that she has to struggle to figure out who her MVP is. Because she makes that kneel the entire time. That's too funny. Just so she can always pick Emma. She's going to be paying people off. She's going to be like, don't say Emma. I'll give you $5. In Bitcoin. I would do that. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to bribe you guys. <laughs> yep. I'm That's open too funny. For bribes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, speaking of someone who's open for bribes, Ava, your MVP uh, for season 5A. It's going to be Rumpelstiltskin. I don't think I picked them in the last Shocker. two seasons. <laughs> Which, no, no, it's not. Because last season, I didn't pick him, I think. All of you get struck by lightning. <laughs> For the lies. <laughs> okay. And the reason for that is, uh, like I mentioned, I liked his character growth. Uh, being post-Dark One was... Uh, Robert Carlyle gave this, this character... Basically, we were introduced to a slightly new character. He helped Huck find Emma. Uh, he basically told the heroes group how to... Uh, defeat the darkness by looking at the books or whatever. He uh, faced Merida. He faced his own fears. He said he apologized to Belle. He told her if he had to change everything, he would do it. All those good stuff he did. And that's why he became my MVP of the season. I'm just going to ignore what happened in the last few seconds of the season finale. You mean in the last 20 minutes? 20 minutes (laughs) of the winter finale. So, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Ash, your MVP for season 5A. Henry. Really? Shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> say what you want to say. Oh, uh, okay. And okay. let the words yeah. fall out. Uh, mm. <laughs> Explain yourself. One of the scenes that really stands out to me that really shows a lot of Henry's growth that I wanted to save to talk about until now because I didn't want to repeat myself earlier was when Emma 
and the family are all gathered around trying to figure out how they're going to fix Dark Hook. And Henry just stands up to Emma saying, well, no, you can't just walk in here and I can accept what you did and everything's going to be okay. Like, no, I haven't forgiven you. And really made a difference to Emma that, okay, so you did bad things, but you had the right reason, like, not the right reasons, but you had a reason um, that could eventually become good, but it, it's still Your evil, and you right couldn't... Place. Yeah, like, you tried, but it still was evil, and you need to understand that, that you can't be, like, Rumpelstiltskin did everything for his son, with the um, idea that he was going to protect Balefire and all of that, and look at what became of him, and say, and basically saying to Emma, "You cannot do this. You will become like him." Like, no, I don't. I don't want this. You need to show me that you've, that you're still the person that you are. And I think for Henry, that was a very big step for him to stand up to Emma and say no this time, instead of egging her on and saying, "Yes, you can do this. Yes, I believe in you. I know this is who you are," and saying, "Okay." You need to remember who you are, and this isn't you. Show me who you are again. And I think that was the turning point for Emma, for her to really decide that, okay, I need to fix this, and I need to do it completely this time. I can't um, take the shortcut and make someone the dark one instead of going down to the underworld in the first place. So, go Henry. You my boo. Hashtag Team Henry. <laughs> you like five years too young for me, but you my boo. Well, it's also <laughs> illegal, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Priscilla, your MVP for season 5A. Zelina. Even when she didn't have lines and she was just there rolling her eyes, I was drawn to her. Ah, yes, I love the sound of my voice. Like, ah. Uh, her scenes are just funny. She reminds me of Cruella and that like she's bad and I like watching it just because she has no qualms about it. Like characters that are innately true to themselves are amazing. And I already gushed enough about her at the very beginning. So I'm just gonna end off with like I, I like I am one of like the, the hashtag my pretties. Like I love her. I'm a uh, fan. Alright, sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay, my MVP for season 5A is the Big Boob Fury. No. <laughs> Granny. Granny. No, she wasn't in enough. Poor Granny. Did anyone take yours? No, no one took mine, actually, which is good. In the beginning, I was going to say Regina, but then I was like, you know what? Let me go with the character who is not going to be with us anymore. So I'm actually going to say Merlin, because he was not in as much of the season as uh, the rest of the cast or even the rest of uh, the Camelodians. But he did have his presence felt throughout the entire first half of the season and even beyond earlier when he was just known as the Sorcerer. He was like the total embodiment of goodness. He had all this whimsical, magical power. He had all that swag that made uh, the entire cast have either a romance or a bromance with 
uh, there were all the excitement online. <laughs> I love this, and I think I mentioned this once on the show. But there was, I think, somewhere on Tumblr, maybe I read, they were like, what if the LGBT romance is really Hook and Merlin? Because you have to crush the heart of the one that you love. <laughs> and so I came up with hashtag Captain Magic. Oh my, gosh. oh my god, he sounds like a stripper. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's that too. And uh, I think it's a true testament to the actor and to the character when a character is no longer going to be there and you wish that there was more of them. So, unfortunately, we won't see Merlin again, I don't think. So, uh, rest in peace, Merlin. Rest in peace. On that Aww. note, it's time to grade the season grade season 5a you guys can give a b c d f and the plus and minus system is allowed so let's try to keep it much like the mvp let's get to about 30 seconds uh, your announcement of the grade and why so katie kick it off what's your grade for the first half of the season okay um well i'm kind of struggling between a b plus and an a minus um I kind of feel like I want to go with an A minus though, um, <clears throat> because I feel like there were some really great episodes in there um, that, and I feel like we did focus on our main cast a lot, which was great, and we got more, we got uh, Hook's back a backstory really long ago backstory, I guess you could say. Um, of his past, which is what I've been wanting for a really long time. We've got a lot more seeing Emma's a lot more, which I've been wanting. Um, and there were some really great episodes, like I said. Um, I do think that there were some things that they dropped the ball on. Um, with side characters, with the Camelot story, with Granny. the Dark One story... Granny, oh my gosh, everything. No. <laughs> um, there were some things, obviously, that they dropped the ball on, which kind of made me a little bit upset. Um, but overall, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a lot better than the Queens of Darkness arc. Um, so, <gasps> excuse you, excuse me. Yeah. How dare you? you bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Unfollow. So I, I'm just gonna go with an A minus. Jen and I are going to take our toys and go home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah Ava, minus. your grade and why? Oh, my God. I am going to give it a C. Holy cow. Simply because they had a lot of potential to make the season a darker season, at least the first half. Um, they were... With Emma, when, it's, when the show started, I... Oh, I was like, holy shit, we're gonna have s big potential for this. How Emma was like, hey, you got all of you failed me, and uh, it, it it rose a question for me, like, what happened really? What did they do that they failed Emma? That she slipped into darkness, and none of that happened. It wasn't about her at all. It sort of was, but then she shouldn't have blamed them. The Camelot people, oh my gosh, most of them were annoying. I rolled my eyes at Arthur each time he was on my screen. I did like the connection between Camelot and the dagger, how it was the next part of Excalibur. That was really neat and smart. 
Uh, and the only reason this season is getting a C, not a C minus or a D, is because of Rumpelstiltskin. Uh, simply, he played the Dark. He played like three different. Robert Carlyle pre- played three different characters, um, as as the apparition, as post Dark One, and the Dark One sort of because he balanced all of these characters really well. Uh, yeah, so that's my grading. So we have an A minus and a C. Ash, your turn. I was a. This whole time I've been thinking B minus, but it may drop to a C the more that I talk about it. Um, really, for the sloppiness that I see in this season, that we have so many loose ends, that we have a very rushed storyline, in my opinion, especially in Storybrooke. Not really in Camelot, but Storybrooke, definitely. And having so much potential for what the story could have been and not having enough time to do it and trying to fit in all these minor characters and had a I looking back a lot of scenes that I could have done without you know I maybe in um, like a deleted scenes kind of thing on a DVD or a fan fiction instead of having the main storyline a lot tighter and a lot more important than Hook being the Dark One for one day or something like that. It was failed potential. But A plus to the romance scenes, they were very believable and the fluff of my dreams. So (laughs) that's what's saving it for me. I had a lot of emotions about this episode, uh, episode season. A lot of emotions throughout the season, and it kept me going, and it kept me wanting more, but it didn't live up to its name. So what was the final grade? I think like a C plus. Okay. Priscilla, your uh, grade. Okay. Um, I give it a D plus. Like, barely passing, like, a 69. Like, it's my least favorite season. Like, I loved, like, Queens of Darkness more. Like, like, there's always something, like, enthralling, something that I want to watch before. But, like, with Arthur just kind of being, like, a mustache-twirling villain as with Merlin dying, with, um, I don't know, with Dark Swan not even being very dark at all with the costume design and the set design like being like just roses put inside of there and not even a decent wig for the dark ones and not even changing very much for Camelot with I, I don't know like aesthetically it wasn't pleasing to me and with the right with the characters changing and go- doing good things and then all of a sudden it being rewritten and turned into zero into nothing like in the last two or three se- two or three episodes I- I- it made me severely dislike this season this season didn't like the 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 villain didn't like the 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 set but what I did love the romance and I loved seeing the the change and seeing the minor characters like Merida and Lancelot and Ruby and Mulan, so that saves it from being a complete fail. Now it's my turn. 
and I think Katie will be happy. <laughs> I give it an A minus as well. Oh my god, amazing! Yes, <laughs> I feel like we we had we had the dark ones you know, for the past three grades. <laughs> no, but t to be honest, I like that that everyone has there are a variety of grades. It, it makes this show amazing, in my opinion, because we all have different opinions. But I gave it an A minus because I liked the arc for the most part. It I felt like there was a lot of character development for our main character of Emma, which I think is important because for the most part, sometimes she's kind of tossed to the side a little bit, especially in the first couple of seasons. So it was great to see Emma sort of finally becoming the strong, confident character that she should be. Camelot, some of it was interesting, some of it wasn't. So, I, I mean, I, I will say that. Um, I think the highlights of Camelot, even though, uh, you know, I found her to be such a dislikable character, but she's supposed to be, Nimue and, of course, Merlin were kind of like the highlights. Arthur and the whole Sand Kingdom, uh, you know, was a, was a bit of a fail, in my opinion. But everything else that we got to see with it, like the return of Lancelot and Merida being added in and all the Dunbrock adventures and Ruby and Mulan returning and even Granny, you know, for half a second at a ball. I mean, th those were some of the highlights of the Camelot storyline. Comparing it to previous seasons, like, I felt like the Queens of Darkness arc had so much potential and it just failed, you know, it was like uh, this whole thing with like Snow and Charming with the secret, secret, secret. And then like, that's the secret. And like everything that they could have done with them, it just, it could have been much more interesting. So I feel like for me, at least this half of the season is a step above what we saw the last half of uh, the season, season 4B. And, uh, at the end of uh, the season, how they wrapped up the Dark One stuff, I enjoyed. I liked that, you know, it was Emma trying to save everybody. And then she finally realized that, you know, I can't do everything by myself. I need everyone else's help so that we can finally, you know, get this thing over with. And although it, it, they did rush Hook a whole lot into becoming the dark one seeing that he finally sort of sacrificed himself and uh, you know to save everybody was nice and of course that final moment where everyone is walking on water to head into the underworld was pretty epic and I can't forget the big boob fury your wife <laughs> yes I love her so much I need to give her that uh, sparkly toadstool. But um, yeah, so let's talk about Season 5B. Any predictions on what you think is going to happen? Gonna be awesome. Everyone is in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's obvious. I over Peter Pan being in hell. Because he has to be in hell. Uh, getting Meg... And Hercules, and they better not fuck it up for these two. Like, oh, I love oh. them. Who put the Glad <laughs> in Gladiator? Uh, do, do, do. Maybe 
I don't know, like see I, I hope we see Hades as charismatic as it was as he is in his I hope he's sassy. Yeah. And I hope that they don't do that that they don't mix Greek mythology with like Disney mythology cuz that would be very confusing. Like I don't know. I you wouldn't know whether to root for Hades or to think that he's a bad guy or I, I don't know. I I hope they keep storylines straight. He better be hot. Yes. I think he is hot. We need new <laughs> hot this year. Oh gosh. And I hope they finish out the Mulan and 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 Red story arc that we see more either of her people or like I don't know give us more of like an LGBT relationship have her come back to Storybrooke heck yes please yeah I hope so as well has Mulan has never been to Storybrooke right nope nope she still doesn't know what a movie is yeah (laughs) that's sad they need to figure that stuff out they need to do like a little Netflix and chill episode or something right (laughs) why not we need a sex scene god damn it like like Everybody it's a else family show, Priscilla. They've well, been no. in bed. Hello, look at your boothang. No, and his purse. Swan hasn't gotten <laughs> That's like if you're gonna have Captain Swan, like give them a sex scene, please. Like well, all Captain Swan hasn't had a sex scene. Exactly. Like they need one. Yeah, he <laughs> broke down her walls <laughs> in a different way. Oh, Kanoki. <laughs> I don't think that they're going to ever have. One of those scenes on this show, but they're not going to have a Jessica Jones type of scene. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was going to call you out on it. It's like we've been watching too much Jessica Jones lately. I mean, like a so good, like like an after effect, like thing. Like we got that with Robin and with Regina. We got that with the tacos making scene with snowing, and we got that the tacos making what? Yeah, when she's like, I'm going to go make some tacos, like. (laughs) <laughs> they're both in bed and she's like I'm t- I was just tired and I was helping her not be tired like it we, we've got like alludes like that that a sex scene has happened for everyone except for Captain Swan yeah like all they've gotten are like kisses he's all so, backed up yes I, I, he needs to let that. it go yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you <laughs> yeah I have a feeling that this next half of the season, it's not going to be like a full half season in the Underworld. I have a feeling it might be kind of season two-ish, in a sense that we'll have like a mini little Underworld arc. We're going to have like a mini little Oz arc. I think it's going to be kind of all over the place, which for those out there that have been complaining about the half season arc... It might kind of satisfy their complaints in a sense, because I don't know how they're gonna juggle everything if they don't do it like that. Mhm. I hope Baby Pistachio gets a name. Yeah. Pistachio. I hope it's Ozma, so they can put in like the Oz novels, like in there. There's a bunch of material there that they can use. I still like the I... name Emerald, and they nickname her Emmy. What is it with you and like strange <laughs> It's like, green. It's a green color. Uh huh. <laughs> Either that, or they could just call her Alphaba or something. Hunter, green. Kelly, green. Kelly, yes. The, the child should be named Kelly, right, uh, Katie? Yes. 
sure. <laughs> yes. So any final predictions on season 5B before we move into spoilers? I guess nope, not. No. So, Katie, I think it's time to get a little spoilery. Yes, it is. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is your official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash Storybook Weekly Mirror. And you can also visit my site at storybookmirror.com. We'll be updating throughout um, this ridiculously long hiatus um, to keep you satisfied. <laughs> Since we're not having any <laughs> new episodes, which is so sad. Um, okay, so we do have some news on uh, some new cast. Um, they revealed that someone will be coming back, just not as the same person. Ooh. Dorothy Gale is returning to an Ozfield episode of Once Upon a Time. Um, but this time she will be much older, in her upper 20s to mid-30s. She has been transformed into a brave warrior for good, having been sent home to her heartland with three clicks for heels, courtesy of the wizard, a.k.a. Zelina. Dorothy returns to Oz, looking to reclaim the magical land from the Wicked Witch, whom Regina just ejected from Storybrooke. So, yes, we seeing her back. Yes, yeah, so we will be seeing her um, as a, I think, yeah, coming back for the second half of this season. Um, just much older, which will be really interesting. Um, also, they talked about kind of um, the underworlds, and uh, Jennifer Goodwin said that hell as a geographical location is not what we expect it to be. What we do find ends up being pretty profound and enables us to relive some of the original Once Upon a Time Season 1 themes. Which will be interesting. So, um, they have also revealed that we will be seeing a lot more of Regina in the second half of the season and more with Outlaw Queen as well. Which is definitely oh, a step God. up. Yeah, it's definitely a step up from 5A. Um, so I hope that they stick with that and we do see more of them. Um, from filming spoilers, it kind of seems like we will. So uh, that'll be interesting um, to finally see more of them. And I'm hoping that they kind of delve into Robin's backstory as well, um, as they kind of hinted at before. Um, also... Um, Captain Swan fans have something to look forward to. Um, they did a post-mortem and, um, someone said, oh, I was, you know, looking forward to them having a true love's kiss. And Eddie said, it looks like you might get one by the end of the season. So that should maybe put some of the haters at bay. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so hopefully they stick to that. What does that even mean? So there's going to be some spell and they need a true love's kiss? Uh, that's what I'm guessing. I'm not sure. With Captain Swan again? I saw a theory that it would be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting if, um, this underworld has kind of had season one themes where everyone is cursed, um, down here and they don't remember who they are or whatever, kind of like in the first season. Um, I can't remember the full extent of the theory, but it was something like that. So, like, Emma would get down there and Hook would not remember who she is or whatever. Um, 
And so that could be revolve around the true love's kiss. Um, kind of like in season one. Mm-hmm. But Cora um, knows who she is because she's going to be their guide. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. Cora would be queen in hell. Like, you know it. Like, she, yeah. she'd find a way around shit. Well, she is the mayor. Yep. She's the mayor down there and the tour guide, so. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the spoilers that we've been given there. Um, as far as filming goes, for the 14th episode, which is titled Devil's Do, um, Rumble Charming and Robin filmed in the loft. And then Regina filmed with Cruella. Also, somebody said that they saw Henry and Cruella f- their trailers were together for a scene. Like, they were... I don't know. So, they might have filmed as well. Or it was Regina, Henry, and Cruella. But, for sure, Cruella has filmed um, for the 14th episode. Um, Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) Also, moving into the 15th episode, which has yet to be named, um, they film... It looks like it's going to be a Killian backstory. Um, Killian, Liam, and... Buckley, who is Colin O'Donohue's dog, filmed a scene. Apparently, they were shipwrecked and washed ashore in this scene. Um, so, yeah. Looks like we're going to be getting some backstory for them. But they said it's definitely backstory and not just the underworld. Because um, they were in like their naval uniforms or whatever. So, I thought I heard something else about them like running away from pirates or something, but I'm not totally sure about that. All I know is that they were shipwrecked and they were filming a scene where they were shipwrecked and had just been washed ashore. And they have to eat the dog. No, my gosh. (laughs) We can't have fun time going that way. I will like quit the show. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Yeah. So that is all that I have. Well, there you go. Well, maybe they won't eat the dog. Like, Selena didn't eat the baby. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is gonna be the new... This is, yep. This is gonna be the new Selena eats the baby thing. <laughs> exactly. So, on that note, listeners, join us in March 2016 for a brand new installment of Storybook Weekly Mirror. You can visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybookweeklymirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, can you please wish listeners a good night a happy holiday and a happy new year. Good night, guys. Good night. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Bye. Happy Hanukkah. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. All of it. Thanks for tuning in. Join us Tuesday, March 1st, 2016 at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a special Season 5B spoiler-filled pre-show that will bring you all the casting scoops, spoilers, episode titles, and filming reports that will get you ready for Once Upon a Time's Season 5B. Then, join us Tuesday, March 8th, 2016 at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone. Happy holidays and Happy New Year.